Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Time for a brand new episode of Gimme the Hot Sauce. We are excited about the start of the NFL season coming up. September 7th, it's going to be the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Detroit Lions. The Bears, of course, open at Soldier Field against their arch rivals, the Green Bay Packers. And we're going to have Mark Grody on later to talk about all things Bears. We also have a very special guest coming up for Bulls and NBA fans. Also a guy who played some college football as well. Nate Robinson, the three-time slam dunk champion, is going to join us in a little bit. We just want to welcome in Stacy King, who joins us from his home. Stacy, how are you feeling today? Feeling pretty good, Mark. And how about yourself? Hey, we're doing all right. And, of course, uh, Tim is back from Fort Myers. Had another... Uh, accident with your cable service that's why we didn't have you on the show last week yeah i didn't realize these guys do uh landscaping with machetes still <laughs> whack the cable line and stick it up out of the ground like it did that's twice in one year so um yeah a little shocking but um yeah. we buried it deeper and put a protective pipe over it and hopefully i'll be good for years to come yeah landscaping is supposed to be above yeah, the ground not beneath the ground. This was remarkable. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I ran over to Xfinity, traded out the modem. I mean, I was doing everything, like in a panic, to get on the show <laughs> to talk to our uh, great friend artist there. And, but uh, no dice. Yeah. It was not to be. Jeez. Well, it, it looks like you were trying to you know, fix the cable outside yourself as red as you are right now, Larry the Lobster. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> don't understand what, there, buddy. you don't know what else is going on in my, my life. There's a lot of pressure. I'm like a, I'm like a boiler <laughs> oh, about to pop hey, here. Hey. Hey man, you hey, hey you can tell when Tim has been in Florida. It's yeah. so obvious. Is it? Shed a layer, sizzling bacon. Skin <laughs> just sizzles. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of nice though. You don't understand how this feels. I'm I'm warm and toasty all inside. Yeah, you know we have a graphic somewhere. I don't know if you guys can see that graphic of uh, that we have Tim in Florida. 
Yeah, if we can get our Larry the Lobster eating at oh, Red the, the Lobster. lobster yeah. yeah, yeah, I heard Fran talking about that. Hey, hey, what's my idea, man? Yeah, keep your ideas to yourself. Yeah, that, looks, that looks Ice, about baby. right. Maddie yeah. Ice, Maddie Ice, Maddie Ice is, the, is the content creator. Shout out to Maddie Ice. Hey, let's talk a little bit of basketball before we bring uh, Nate Robinson in. Obviously, it's kind of the slow period before teams report to training camp, but there is hoops going on on a world level. The FIBA World Cup tournament is going on. Of course, Team USA has rolled through the opposition as we expected, a perfect 3-0 record as they advance to the second round. Stacy, I don't know if you had a chance to watch too much of the, of the action there, but what do you think about the team put together by Grant Hill and Steve Kerr? They've been pretty impressive in those three wins. Well, I mean, we talked about it last week. I mean, it's a, it's a team with high basketball IQ. Guys can play in multiple positions, and, that, and that's what you need when you're in this international game because, you know, the center is pretty much obsolete, and you've got guys playing that are actually, you know, stretch fours, playing fives. Uh, you need versatility. You need, need to be able to shoot the basketball. They seem to have all that covered, um, and they seem like they like playing with each other. Like, there's no egos out there. I, I know Brandon Ingram's not happy with his role, but – Who's going to be happy on their role coming from being a star off their NBA team to being playing with a bunch of other stars? You really have to leave your ego at the door when you start coming in and starting to play with these, these other elite players. You're not going to be the number one option like he is in New Orleans. You're going to have to find a way. Maybe, maybe it's rebounding. Maybe it's defense. Maybe it's passing the ball. At the end of the day, it's all about winning the championship. Yeah, and it looks like if they're going to win a gold medal at the World Cup, they're going to have to run smack into Canada. I mean, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is not taking any prisoners with that team. They've got R.J. Barrett, a number of NBA guys, and, and that Team USA against Canada game potentially could be really something to watch. Well, there is a lot of, there's a lot of uh, really good players. R.J. Barrett's on that team. you got uh, Dwight Powell. Uh, I mean, they've got a very good, good team. That that looks like the team that, that could get to the finals. But, you know, anytime Luka's still around, you know, Luka Doncic is, is still can carry a team and, and take them to the finals. Uh, the USA has to play uh, Vooch in the next round, Montenegro, which is, I think, ranked 18th in the world. But you never know. You know, you never know what happens in these games. You know, he can go on a tangent. He's had a really good summer where he's averaged probably about 24 points a game and double-digit rebounds. So, uh, he's the main guy on that team. I don't think they have enough firepower to beat the USA, but that next game coming up after that is Lithuania. And they could be very, very, very dangerous. And then, you know, you got Serbia. You know, um, you got, you know, Bogdanovich is playing out of his mind. I've always loved that kid, man. I, I wish there was a way that he, the Bulls could get that kid. That yeah. kid is a flat out, he can shoot the basketball. And I and I think when you look at him when he's in Atlanta, he kind of gets overshadowed, you know, by the other guys on the team, you know, Trey Young and you know, and, and all the other players and John Collins and all those guys were there. But he is such a really, really heady player. He can play, man. I, I loved watching him play. It was interesting. I saw some highlight clips of the Montenegro games and obviously Vooch has been their star. He's been the guy that's been their go-to guy on the offensive end. But their coach is actually going with uh, twin towers at times with our old buddy Marco Simonovic. How about that? You got the two seven-footers in there. I mean, it's been kind of interesting to see. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, no, we really didn't know if Marco could play. Yeah. I mean, he played in the G League. We, it would have been nice to see him get some minutes here, you know, with the with the uh, the Bulls roster. But we never really got a chance to see if he could play. But, you know, he's a different player in Europe. You know, he's a different player in Europe. He's going to get a lot of minutes. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that has a lot more confidence when you give him confidence. So um, I, I would have loved to see him be able to play here in Chicago just to see what he could do. Like, what is his strengths? What is his weaknesses? You know, can he be developed? 
you know, into the player that the Bulls need. We never knew that. I mean, he played in the G League more than he played on the the main roster. So, but you know, he's playing well in Europe. Yeah, I saw him a lot, Stacy. <laughs> I know his strengths and weaknesses. Mark, Mark you got to understand this. You got to understand this. You know, you got a kid who was drafted, and then you go down there and play a few G League games. Okay, you go down there and play a few G League games. The team sends you down there to get a little run because there's not a lot of practice. Okay, so that's cool for them. Okay, we go down a couple games, get you know, get, get some confidence, whatever. But when you start being regulated down there, you know, your confidence has to be shot a little bit. Like, wow, I can't even get any minutes. We're getting, you know, we're getting some nights getting beat the boards, and we need size, and they're not even, you know, utilizing me. And confidence was ruined a little bit. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he just didn't have the 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 heart to go down there and play as much as he did. I, I'm gonna give him the benefit of doubt. Because until you saw him on the NBA roster, you don't know what he could have done. You don't know what he could have done. I mean, the kid's an athlete. He can run the floor. Yes, he does have to get stronger. We knew that. But that's what development is. You have to develop these kids. If it takes him three years to get where he needs to be, then it takes three years for him to get there. Look at Lowry Marketing. You know, look at look at some of Cameron Payne. Look at some of these guys that we had on our roster. Doug McDermott, who one of the top three-point shooters in the game. They struggled here. And then they went somewhere else and got developed, and now they turn out to be pretty good, solid NBA players. So you have to be patient with guys. That's why it's so hard for you know telling fans like, don't write off Kobe White, don't write off you know Patrick Williams. Be patient. Let let them develop. I know they're not developing at the pace that they want, but give them a chance to develop. Speaking of G League, uh, how about the G League MVP? Karlik Jones is playing for the South Sudan. They've won two games, and in the first uh, victory, Karlik had like thirty-five points and ten assists. I tell you what, Stacy, watching him play every game in the G League, this kid is an NBA player. It's just I don't know if he'll get a chance with the Bulls because they have so many point guards on the roster. Well, and that's that's one of the problems. It's really guard heavy, and then you just brought back Io. You got Kobe who signed a contract. There's really no place, you know, for him, and it's really sad because he's an NBA player, and he might have to go the route of Spencer Dinwiddie, where he might have to go back down to the G League because I know he's going to get overseas offers, and it's going to be hard for him to turn down guaranteed money over there. Because uh, they do have big money in Europe for players like him, um, so he'll have to make a decision. I, I think if I'm his agent, I'm saying, "Hey, give the uh, give the G League because the Bulls can't, you know, make a deal to keep you. You know, maybe stay in the G League till the first of the year, and then we can go overseas. You know, because I think he's garnered enough attention through G League, through the summer league, and now what he's doing overseas that some teams gonna look at him and say, "Hey, you know what." He could be, you know, he could be a Javon Carter type player for us, but more offensive minded. A kid can come in and get some scoring from the point guard position. He can shoot the basketball. So uh, he's got a good chance to be on somebody's roster. Yeah, and for people who aren't aware, Carly Jones is under contract with the Bulls for the upcoming season, but it's a non-guaranteed deal. I believe they have to some date in early December to make a decision on whether or not they want to go forward with Carly. And, you know, they signed Terry Taylor to the roster, and you, and you think that with the glut of guards – coming out of training camp, if they find a big guy that's available either you know, through waivers or maybe a free agent pickup, that makes Karlik as a guy who's vulnerable because his deal's not guaranteed. Yeah, I, and I feel bad for him too because he deserves to be on someone's roster. I mean, he's proven himself to be uh, NBA-type play. Fortunately, on this team, it's just so guard-heavy with so many guaranteed contracts. It's just hard to you know, find a position for him. The only thing I could see it working, and again, you know, the Bulls have always, you know, struggled with injuries in the beginning of the season. If someone gets hurt, you know, for a couple of weeks and then he has to be able to fill that spot and then he comes out there and plays so well, you can't get rid of him now. So 
Uh, and that's you, you don't want to hope anybody gets hurt, but that probably would be his only opportunity to be there. I really like Carly. I think he's I think he's a bona fide scorer in this league. I think he can handle the ball, get you in your offense. I think he can be a good, good, serviceable guard coming off your bench in a rotation. Yeah, and we talked about the World Cup. Nations from all over the world are participating in this, and that actually triggered a real interesting comment <laughs> from the track star Noah Lyles, oh, who made a big man. deal of the fact that why is the NBA champion calling themselves world champions when it's just in the in North America? You know, they're they're not they're not playing against teams from Europe and all the other countries. And I don't know why he decided that it was his place to call this out. What, what did you think of those comments, man? Those? You know what? I, I just I thought it was a shame. I said because he just he just did something very special that hasn't been done in you know in a while because Usain has been dominating the Jamaicans have been dominating the sprints and there hasn't been it's been a while since USA has claimed the hundred and the two hundred as long as Usain Bolt was swimming in that water like the great white shark they wasn't winning nothing so uh, and they weren't getting second place because there was another run there was another runner there that always finished second behind Usain so this was like a really good thing and so. When you got the national, you got the 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 world stage like that, and no one asked him anything. No one said, "Hey, do you think LeBron James can beat you <laughs> in the hundred? I mean, no one asked him an NBA question. No one said anything. Oh. Yeah, we lost Stacy briefly. I know that uh, we were having problems with his feed from his palatial estate. They were saying his bandwidth is low, so we'll try to reestablish him. What did you think of the Noah Lyles comments? I, I mean, think, I think it's a great way to start an energy they're, drink. They're, Get they're your champions. name out there. Oh, and it's, well, it's it's, it's Stacy's back. Huh? <laughs> we lost it for a minute, Stacy. So <laughs> didn't realize you didn't stop so, talking. <laughs> so I went to Tim to get his esteemed comments on the situation, but we got you back. So uh, let, let's well, let's let you make your point here. It, it was it was just a, it was really a bad take. I mean, no one asked him that question. No one said, you know, hey, you know, what about the NBA being world champion? So that was a stage for him to take credit and say, hey, look, you know what? I'm thankful. Thank you for my teammates, all the people who, you know, believed in me. That was something that to really, you know, put out there for other people that supported you. If you want to get on the world stage and make a point, you know, talk about things that are going on in this country that that need to be addressed. You know, uh, the Jacksonville shooting where, you know, three African-Americans were shot by a racist guy in, in a store. Talk about that. You know, if you don't want to talk about politics, then stick to track. Don't throw another team under the bus because the USA, everybody's cheering for the USA. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It, it could be, you know, field hockey. It could be we're cheering for our country. We want all our countrymen to do well. And if you go back to those Olympics, Mark, you know, how many times you see when, when Kobe Bryant was playing on a routine team that he went to go watch, you know, the girls play, yeah. swim, the track, all the, the, the athletes support one another. And for him to do that, I just thought it was kind of like a cheap shot and there was no need to do that. And he got attacked by every NBA player, every old NBA player. <laughs> and the whole fraternity <laughs> came out at him. Yeah. And then, you know, fans don't understand. You know, they're like, well, it's not really a world championship. Well, if 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 the Olympics, I consider the Olympics is a world championship because right. if he's running in track and, and Jamaica's bringing their best team, Germany's bringing their best runners, Spain's bringing their best runners, and it's the world. So why isn't the Olympics considered the world? Because they're bringing their best, you know, Spain's bringing their best basketball team, Lithuania. All their countries are bringing their best players, and we're bringing our best players. The USA's record in the Olympic is like 141 and six. And since the Dream Team, since the, the, the 92 Dream Team came aboard, they're 54 and four. And yeah. they just complete domination. So when you talk about world championships, maybe the NBA is not world champions. 
but the USA is world champions. And, yeah. and our, our people, you know, our guys that we send over there, no matter who we send over there, except for the, the time when they sent LeBron and those guys over there, um, you know, when they were younger, D Wade and Carmelo, when they lost, I think they finished, got the bronze, I think. Yeah, two thousand. You know, and then and then the and then the uh, last height, the last college team uh, before when John Thompson was coaching, they finished third. So you know, you got to be careful what you say. And again, that was a place for him to. He could have said a million other things, but to throw the NBA under the bus was just come on, man. It's not even necessary. Whispers, finish your point. We got. I was saying it's a great way to a great way to launch a uh, energy drink. I mean, we didn't know his name before this, or at least on a uh, as wide of a level that it is. So. Yeah. I think it's time for the, you know, the, the Lyle drink or whatever he might call it. Looking for a little sponsor money, huh? That's right, because there's one well, thing that does fail in this uh, that sport compared to the rest of the world. They're not getting the money that the rest of the world There's money gets. in track and field if you Oh, there's money in track and field. Yeah. Especially if you win. Yeah. But then but, you have to take advantage of it for here's that time. Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. You got bigger fish to fry than the Olympic in Paris. Okay, because you, you, you might have won the world championships. But you better believe them Jamaicans are going to be ready for that Olympics because everybody <laughs> gears up for the Olympics. Everyone gears up for the Olympics. That's where their mindset is, the Olympics. Even though it's every four years, the best athletes in track, swimming, gymnastics. Bob they, uh, Bob, no, not Bob Sledding, not, not, you know, we're, we're talking about this in, the, in the summertime, the summer Olympics. <laughs> oh. God, this guy always interjects himself. <laughs> you know, the Jamaican man. Jamaican Bob Sledding, cool hey, running. Hey, where's where's our sled, man? Hey, listen, that's why I wish I had that. I wish I had those little, those little dog collars I could shock whispers. Every time he says something, it's shocking. <laughs> you never know what whispers You never know what's going to come out of his mouth, man. He has no filter, America. More could come out. Hey, it looks like it's a good time to take an ad break. Let's talk about our good buddy, Jeff Vukovic. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our good friend, nationwide agent, Jeff Vukovic. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. Or at 847-825-4783. And he has the best jingle in the business. Stacy, how the Golden Pipes today? Come on, Mark. Always on, Mark. good. You know, you know, they're always silky smooth, bro. Just like his hips. <laughs> cool runnings, right? That's right. Wow. Titanium. He's ready. Wow. He's ready for the hey, Olympics hey, himself hey, now. Hey, well, you don't want to make it funny. The hips are ready, baby. I, hey, I'm like an old line now. I can, I can track down the, the gazelles now, baby. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I heard some Barry White in the background. <laughs> Nationwide is on your side. All right, full service from Stacy King. You know, Jeff is overdue for an inside visit. Yeah, we got to get him here. He loves to talk sports. He's at all the games at the United Center. It's been a year since he even called, said I'll be in next month. We'll have to get him in here. Yeah. We'll grill him about what's going on with the local teams. And one of the teams that we should ask him about, we're going to ask Stacy about right now, if you're watching on YouTube, he's sporting that lovely socks hat, which is uh, one of the most popular items among athletes <laughs> worldwide. It's a great logo, but unfortunately the team is in disarray. And Stacy, I know you were, you probably had other things going on this afternoon, but they just had a news conference where they announced Chris Getz as their new head of baseball operations. Chris Getz is a former player. He was a utility infielder, seven years in the major leagues. He's been in the Sox organization for the last seven years, first as a scout and then helping with player development. He was director of player development for the last couple of years, an assistant GM. And a lot of Sox fans are unhappy that they decided to go inside the organization after firing both Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. And even Jerry Reinsdorf answered questions today, Stacey. He was asked about the state of the franchise and basically 
said that, you know, this is, uh, this is my team. I'm going to make the decisions that I think are best for the White Sox. He conceded that, you know, being 87 years old, that he doesn't have a lot of time left. So it's not like he wants to start a massive rebuild. So he felt most comfortable going with a guy like Chris Getz, who knows the minor league system, who knows guys that, that should be in, developed and invested in and guys that maybe could be traded for other assets. Uh, what's your whole read on what's going on with the White Sox right now? Well, I mean, listen, it's, it's like baseball. Like, yeah, baseball players in the farm system, you develop them, you, you bring them up from, you know, single A, double A, triple A, and then hopefully they're, they're able to come in and contribute on the major league team. And you do it with the front office too. I mean, this is reason why you have all these guys in your in your organization in the front offices in your triple double single a where they're learning and they're they're learning on the job and they're getting the experience that they need you know managing minor league teams i know it's not a major league team but that's what it is and if you know anything about jerry you know jerry's loyal to to his employees it doesn't matter if they're the bulls it doesn't matter if it's the the white Sox. he's very loyal uh, you saw kenny you know kenny williams being there as long as he has you know i mean just check check the track record and Jerry, listen, Jerry may be 87 years old. Jerry, 87 for Jerry Reinsdorf is like, you know, 67. That's the new 67. He is sharp as a tack, man. And he's not going to be bullied into, you know, making decisions. It's his decision. He's going to go with it. Um, he loves that baseball team. And he's going to, you know, if he feels that's the right move, I mean, you got to respect that. Regardless of the fans like it or not, it's not going to sway his decision, you know, what the outside world thinks. And I, I, say, I think fans got to understand that because – talk radio, podcast, you know, you get a chance to voice your opinion of, of the owner not doing what you want him to do. Jerry has never been swayed by that. He's going to make the decisions that he feels best for his team. And, you know, whether it works, we have to wait and see. One of the things that surprised me in Chris Getz's comments was he immediately said that Pedro Grafal will be back as manager in 2024. And obviously he signed a three-year contract. I know that uh, you know they don't like to eat the, the two years remaining on that deal. But we've also heard reports about you know no rules on the team, different rules for different players, a player falling asleep in the bullpen. And that goes back, that goes back on the manager and the coaching staff. Uh, do you feel like uh, Grafal has earned another shot at it next season, Stacy. Well, I mean, you know, Mark. I mean, how, how much is that? How much is that true, and how much is that fact? We don't really know what goes on there, but I do know this: as a player, um, when you have a coach that doesn't have, you know, doesn't have managerial experience, it's a young, just like in the NBA. If you have a coach that doesn't have, a, uh, hasn't never played the game, or he's never, he has, he doesn't have a lot of NBA experience. Players recognize that, and they push the envelope. And certain players, including star players, you know, they impose their will on those young coaches. And, you know, you've got to establish culture. you got to be able to walk in. That's why I said about Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson could have came in and just folded under Michael Jordan. You know, this is his first head coaching job. He could have folded and said, you know, I'm going to do what Michael wants. We're going to do, we're going to run these plays. And that didn't happen. You know, he came in right from the get-go and then, you know, it's like it's like going to prison. Like you, you go in there, and you want to fight the biggest dude first, and you might, you know, you might lose, but you're gonna get respect of everybody else. And that's kind of what you have to do as a coach is you got to come in and you got to challenge your superstars first, and then put them on notice. Like, hey, there's not gonna be no cutting corners. You know, there's gonna be rules and guidelines. Now, I can't, you can't treat everyone the same, but you have the same rules. You know what right. I'm saying? You can't let certain players get away with certain things when they're rule breaking. Everybody gets treated the same way on that way. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how year two is going to be for him because now he's got the back of the management. 
So there's no excuse now that you can't come in there and, and really impose your will. You just got to hope that it's not too late, that you've already, you know, it's like, you know, you have your regular school teacher in high school and then you get the substitute comes in on Friday because the teacher calls in sick. And you know, when, when the regular teacher's there, you can't chew gum. You can't ask to go get a hall pass, go to the bathroom, you know, no talking. But when the substitute comes, it's party, party, party. You're getting, you're getting hall passes three or four. I got to go to the bathroom three or four times. You're walking around seeing your friends in the hallway. Hey, what's up, man? You know. You, you take advantage of the substitute. So let's hope that it's not like that, that they come in next year with a different attitude. They're frustrated how this season ended. Maybe they want to turn it around. But I think you got to get your star players to buy in first. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the White Sox farm system ranked near the bottom of the major leagues, and Chris Getz was in charge of that. Hopefully they can find some solutions to turn things around on the south side. And Whispers, if you were a relief pitcher, would you be sleeping in the bullpen or would you be smuggling some Sam Adams out there so you could uh, have a few beers? Well, I'd first have Sam Adams, then take a nap, and then wait for my name to be called. <laughs> you know Whispers is to be out there finding a way to get a couple drinks Especially in, right? Especially with the right contract, you know, which is easy to manage. I can't even imagine Whispers being a relief pitcher. He, you'd probably be the most disengaged guy out there. I'd be relieved. <laughs> yeah, you'd be relieved of your duties pretty quick. He wouldn't even know what day it is. <laughs> wow. Hey, before we, before we bring Nate Robinson in, just want to give a, a quick shout-out to the Cubs who have closed within three games of the Brewers oh, after the taking Cubbies. two out of three against Milwaukee. Stacy, they are on fire. Their record is is really impressive since July 1st, and looks like uh, you know if they can get the pitching that they need, they, they could be uh, going on to the playoffs this year. I tell you what, man, I mean, they're, they're having fun. And when you're having fun and, you know, you're playing with house money, you know, you're playing with house money. I don't think anybody expected them to be in this position. They went through a stretch where they were losing games. And I, I think people counted them out. And then all of a sudden they righted the ship. Uh, they got some, their hitters started hitting. They started getting some contributions from guys that were not contributing in the beginning. Uh, they got hot. They got hot at the right time. And they're going in with some momentum. Um, you know, it's going to be a competitive, you know, I can't wait to the postseason because there's, there's going to be some, there's going to be some really, really good games. I mean, if you look at Atlanta and the Dodgers, they, those two teams right now are the, the two favorites in the, in the NL, but you never know, you know, if you get, you get a team coming in there, they have nothing to lose, you know, and they can, their pitching can hold up and they can, you know, steal some, try to steal some games. I wouldn't count the Cubbies out, baby. They've been there before. Not their first time to rodeo. We got Nate in the waiting room. Yeah, we're going to bring Nate in. Uh, just want to wrap it up with the Cubs saying that, you know, they they beat Milwaukee's best two pitchers in, in Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, one nothing and 3-2. to two. So great pitching performances from Justin Steele and Kyle Hendricks. The Cubs are hot. Hopefully they can carry that into September. But coming up next, it is Mr. Excitement, Nate Robinson, next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Well, you had that great game in the playoffs against the Heat where you almost beat them single-handedly. What what stands out about that day? Oh, man. Um, I mean, you always get hyped up to play against, you know, the King, you know, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, Ray Allen, all the greats. Uh, you know, we just wanted to show them, you know, who we were, regardless of the record, regardless of how we played throughout the season. Uh, we knew that was going to be a battle because, you know, we battled them all year. 
Uh, we beat them at home in their place. Uh, we beat them with the when they had that. It was going on that thirty game win streak or whatever it was. We ended that. So you know we knew that we could compete and play against them, but we knew it was going to take all of us. But you know the Miami Heat, they were so deep. That team was so deep and so talented, man. And uh, you see what they did, you know, throughout the season. Nate, talk about your experience playing with Coach Tibbs. You know, you, you hear a lot of, you know, a lot of outside people go, oh, he's hard to play for, this, this and that. But every player you interview, they always speak nothing but high praise. So talk about your experience playing with Coach Tibbs. Uh, Coach Tibbs was great, man. I mean, he, for me, he, he just, he's like, he's like a father, bro. He's a father that, you know, that gets on your nerves because he expects so much <laughs> out of you. No, for real. You know, he got that raspy voice that you hate hearing it. And it's like, damn, dad, again, you know, you feel that way about like, you know, that voice, that trigger, uh, it triggered something in you just to want to play hard and want to give it your all, bro. Like he expects so much out of you because he put so much in the game. He put so much in uh, film and knowing each, you know, each guy's tendency, even knowing the coaches, uh, guy's history, like he's a student of the game and he expects that out of all his players, man. And he helps guys grow up. He helped me grow up a lot, you know, when I was with the Celtics with him. And when I was with the Bulls, he helped me grow up a lot because when I was with the Bulls, I was like third, fourth string point guard coming off the bench. And uh, I knew at some point he was going to have to play me. And when guys got hurt and went down, I was always there available. I played every, I went to every practice, played every preseason, postseason. Uh, me and Jimmy was the only player, I think, that whole season that didn't miss a practice or game, uh, preseason game, postseason game, and regular season game that whole year. Uh, so. With Tibbs, man, he just made, you know, he was just like my dad. You know, my dad, I remember just being on my ass a lot of the time. And he was like, son, I'm preparing you for something great. And that's what Tibbs was doing. He was preparing me for that opportunity that I got to play with Chicago and to leave that mark that I did uh, with the fans and the people and, the, and all the uh, supporters of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, you know, everywhere I go in Chicago, if I'm, man, everybody always says, man, miss you here in Chicago. Come back, man. Come back. They don't even know I'm for Damn, they're 40 and they still want me back. So that's that's when you know you've done something well throughout your time in the league. <laughs> Nate, obviously, I know a lot of fans realize that uh, you went to University of Washington. You were a football player. Uh, yeah. Tell us your memories about playing football and how hard was that to give that up? Uh, it was difficult, man. It, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to quit football, but you know, God was just, you know, showing me, uh, speaking to me in, you know, in a different way, showing me this is the route I want you to go. You know, God saved my life for picking the right sport, man. Uh, I'm glad I picked, I picked basketball. And for me, uh, you know, playing football, it gave me such a joy, man. It was, I was just so happy playing because it was just so natural to run, jump, throw, catch, tackle. Uh, I just felt like a kid out there. And I, I think that's why I was so good because I just, I wanted to play. I just I didn't really feel like it was a, a job or a task that I had to do. It was just I'm having fun playing a game that I love. And I think I that carried over playing basketball too, man. Uh but giving it up, it was hard. I cried. I remember the day when I, you know, told my mom and my dad, like, I think this is a sign with my coach getting fired, my football coach, Coach Rick Neuheisel, getting fired that it was time for me to go play basketball and show people that I can go to the NBA. I can play and make it to the NBA. Uh, you know, we're playing, you know, we're playing basketball, even though I was, you know, below average with height. Uh, and I wasn't a pure point guard. I just, you know, I just want to show people that I can do this. I can do this. I can play the game of basketball. And 
uh, it was a difficult time for me to choose, but I had to, and I think I made the right choice. Well, well talk a little bit about talk a little bit about what it was like growing up, uh, you know, with a father who was a Washington Husky, you know, legend jock who uh, was MVP of the Rose Bowl and the and Orange, Orange Bowl, Bowl. Yeah. which is which is really unheard of being MVP of two bowl games like yeah. that, those two big bowl games. Nobody's so ever about, done it either. Uh, exactly. Nobody's ever so, done it. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about growing up and what he meant to you and 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 uh and your relationship with your dad. Man, my relationship with my dad was everything, man. You know, he was in and out of my life because you know he had so much, so many things that he was still trying to do. Uh he had a lot of kids to support, me being the oldest. Uh my dad had like eight kids, seven, eight kids, man. He he said he provided for everybody, man. He did a good job, the best job he probably could. Uh but growing up, man, he just always, you know, made sure that I was the oldest. I made sure he made sure I took care of my brothers and sisters. He made sure that I worked harder than everybody that I played against. And he just, I, I want to kind of say he kind of brainwashed me over over time, man. He just installed so much great positive energy in me. Always told me I was going to be Nate the Great. Always told me that I'm better than, you know, that you could be better than anybody if you work hard and you do what you're supposed to do. And that's any sport you want to play, not just one sport. He says, son, I'm, I'm going to make sure you can play anything. If you want to pick up baseball and play, you could go do it right now. You want to play soccer, anything, you can pick it up like that. Yeah. And he made me feel like I can do anything. You know, it started from my father. Um, he always told me about staying humble, keeping God first, and giving him the glory when you do something, you know, unbelievable that people don't understand, you know, how can you do something like that? Because God gave me the strength to be able to do this. Um, uh, my dad was like a drill sergeant kind of man. He used to, he used to have me doing things that kind of made me embarrassed as a kid, but I didn't understand it until I got a little older. And then until I started seeing the effect, what he was doing to me rubbed off on other people, other kids. Uh, so my dad used to coach me when I was a kid. Uh, I used to play for his team and our team was pretty bad. Like, you know, we he had me for sure. I was really good. And a couple other kids that were decent. We just we were playing in the community center. We grew, I grew up in playing in community centers, and my dad won the coach, and he coached me and my team. And we were, you know, we we would win games, and uh, after every game, he would make me run lines, and you know, he would make me run and do things that you know I didn't want to do. I used to cry, and I used to be embarrassed because you know everybody's staring at me while I'm running. I'm crying, and my dad was like. And he bring me to the side and be like, you know why I'm doing this to you? He said, you're going to see one day. You're going to see. And I'm not, I don't want to tell you what's going to happen. I want you to see it so you can see for yourself. And slowly, when I after every game we won or we, we win or lose, I was running lines. And slowly, you know, two guys would join on my team. Another kid would join on my team. And then all of a sudden, you know, we make it to the championship. And my whole team runs lines after we win a championship. Our little, you know, community center championship. All the community centers in the state of Washington. Uh, and after the game, my dad brought me to the side again. He's like, now look, son, it started from just you doing it in the beginning. And then now look at your whole team, all happy, all doing what you're doing, working hard like you. And now look at the team you guys won. That's, I'm teaching you how to be a leader, not a follower. I want you to lead. I want you to lead by example. And I want you to lead with your voice, you know, be that leader that everybody needs. And I think, uh, just being the oldest brother at, uh, eight kids, uh, it was like I was built to be a leader. I was built to be the guy that can go through trials and tribulations, that can take anything and, you know, be able to handle whatever that came to me. And uh, that's what, you know, me and my dad, that's how we bonded. And it was a great relationship, you know, on and off throughout the years. 
And, you know, I still tease him to this day. And I was <laughs> like, Dad, I thank you. I thank you. I call him and I just thank him sometimes. Like, yo, I really thank you for giving me the confidence and making me believe that I could do anything. Like, and I still feel that way to this day. Like, I still feel I can play in the league if I got in shape and do it. It's basketball's fun. It's easy. It's not hard to do. Uh, you just got to go out there and, and, and give it your all and, and work hard. You know what I'm saying? And put in the work. Uh, now I'm installing that in my kids, my children, to be the same way. Uh, I got to kind of tone back a little bit because I have a daughter and I'm kind of hard on her ass a lot. And I just want <laughs> the best for her because I want her to see, you know, you're a Robinson. You could be great if you put your mind to it and you really, if you really want it. If you really want it, you'll go get it. You'll do whatever it takes. But I have to do it in a kind of calmer manner than other like my dad. <laughs> but I'm learning. I'm learning. Hey, hey Nate, you've always been a guy who gives inspiration and exceeds. And um, some of the NBA records are, are pretty awesome. I mean, the three slam dunk contest. Right. Uh, fourth quarter, uh, one more point away from breaking Jordan's fourth quarter record in the playoffs. And also the guy who got charged 25 grand for saying the, the refs hate me. That's a record too. So, Hey, um, yeah. So they do though. When I was in the <laughs> league, man, they never wanted to call fouls for me. They always say they couldn't see it because I'm too little. <laughs> they always thought, like I said, bro, I don't flop. I'm, I'm a football player. You know, I I'm not, I'm not trying to flop. If somebody pushes me, they pushing me, bro. And I'm running so fast. Like one little nudge, I'm going to go flying. So I always teased him, like, man, I just, like, I had to say it. I said, like, man, these refs hate me, bro. And all of them, they want to give me text so fast. I say anything. They were so quick to just tech me up or whatever, to tell me to shut up. Like, you ain't going to talk to a grown man like that. Don't tell me to shut up. Like, I'm not trying to hear none of that. You know, yeah. so I, I would bump heads with refs, but, you know, they do their job. But I was like, somebody got to heckle them. They mess up just like we do. And they get, and they get to just walk free. And, you know, NBA seem like they don't do nothing to the refs that, when they mess up or do or do something faulty, we got to wait till a story comes out later years after when they refs cheating and doing all kinds of stuff. Now you guys see why <laughs> yeah. we be on their ass. Yeah. So now, you know, saying like we ain't crazy, you know, so but it is what it is, man. You know, shout out to the refs because without, you know, without them, we don't got an NBA game. We don't got a game because there's no way we playing a game and calling our own fouls. We'll be there forever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> we'll be there true. all night because you used to see games when we play pickup. Yeah. We need referees, and when yeah, we don't yeah, have them, it yeah. gets ugly. Oh, game point, they call a foul. Call a foul every time. Yes. Oh my God. Dang, it's <laughs> bad. <on>. It's bad. <laughs> hey, Tim referenced the three slam dunk titles, and I, I know the one that people always remember is with uh, when you jumped over Dwight Howard when he's wearing the Superman cape. Did you guys plan that yeah. in advance, or was that kind of an impromptu? Yeah, we did. Uh, kind of well. I did plan it in advance. I had an idea that I wanted to do, and then I couldn't, I didn't want to ask him over the phone. So when I saw him and when we did our little, you know, dunk contest, we had to come together and do media. We were in the elevator and I asked him, uh, I said, bro, I got to talk to you, but not with all these people around. And he was like, shoot, cool, cool. He's like, uh, tomorrow when we got time, because, you know, we are wearing mics and we're doing the interviews and stuff. So I said, all right, bet. So I waited for the dunk contest the next day, the dunk contest on Saturday. And I seen him before we went to go warm up. And I was like, bro, I got this dunk that I want to do. You should let me jump over you. And he was like, word, can you? First he asked me, can I do it? He was like, can you jump over? I'm 6'12". He teased himself to my 6'12". And I was like, man, trust me. I jump over my teammates all the time. Eddie Curry, Jared Jeffries. And I said, uh, Jerome James. I said, bro, come on, bro. I got this. Just, I said, if you agree to this, we're both going to be in the history books. It's going to be one of the best dunks anybody's ever seen bro and he was like all right let's do it and i was like cool and i got his approval 
and I had the kryptonite green, the, the Knicks jersey that I wanted to wear. I had Nike make this green kryptonite basketball with a sleeve and, you know, the shoes. And they, they Nike came up with the shoes. And it was pretty cool that, uh, you know, Dwight said, yeah. And that's how kryptonite was born in, in the dunk contest. Wow. Yeah, I remember that. That was big time. That, yeah, that was it was pretty day. cool. Talk a little bit about, about coming up in Seattle, because no one ever talks about how many great players come from Seattle. You always hear about New York, California, yeah. but man, y'all, y'all on the, on the sleep tip, y'all have some we players got some, that come out of Seattle. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you like this. My high school alone has yep. six or seven guys that made it to the NBA and they all went first round. Wow. From my high school. So Doug Chrissy. I think he went yep. 13. He won the lottery pick. He yep. went to Randy Beach in 89 or something like that. 90, I can't remember when. He won state. Jamal Crawford, 98. He won state. He won lottery. I think he was like six or seven. Uh, myself, I went 21. Terrence Williams, he went six or something like that. Yep. Marv, uh, not, not Marv. Um, who's after that is uh, Baby Boy. Baby boy went first round, and then KP Kevin Porter, he went first round. I think he was 29th or 30th pick, and we all went first round. That's just from Seattle. That's just from yeah. South Side of Seattle. From oh, but that's not Franklin who had Jason Terry, Aaron Brook. It's not Garfield who had Brandon Roy. Uh, who else did they have? They had Brandon Roy. They had uh, Eason. Uh, from from Rockets. Uh, who else they oh, have? Wow. They had uh, missing somebody who went to Garfield. Um, God, I can't even think of his name. He went to UW too. He played for the he played for the the Minnesota Timberwolves. Number what number is he? Five. I think number five. He wasn't. There's, there's just a lot. Of, there's a lot of guys. From, so many guys, from man. Washington that we just who really they don't really talk about. Him. Zach's from there. Zach Levine just from there. Yeah, Zach Levine uh, from Baca. Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray. Yeah, from Seattle. Uh, Boncaro's from there. I mean, yep. I mean, they, there is there is a ton of uh, Washington players that you never hear anyone talk. They always talk. Oh, New York, uh, L.A., Chicago. They never talk about Washington, man. That is. They don't want to, man. They don't want us to be good and great, man. But. They can't deny us. That's one thing I love about guys that come from Washington. They rep it well. Yeah. And it's, it's undeniable. There's something that you can't, that you can't deny them. No matter who it is. Isaiah Thomas from Tacoma. Yep. Avery Bradley. This goes on. I mean, uh, Rodney Stuckey. Uh, Tony Roten. Tony, Tony Roten. Yeah. Yep. Tony Roten. That's my, that's my that's little cousin. cousin. Isn't yeah, that's cousin? my little cousin. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah, he made it. He was a, he was a great player. 6'6". Six, six. Uh, who else? Uh Scalabrini, I can't forget White Mamba. You gave him a <laughs> yeah, name. The White, White Mamba, baby. White Mamba White is Mamba. from Enumclaw, Washington. <laughs> I did not know Feel that. Me? Yes, bro. I did not he's know from, that. He's from Cowtown, where it smells like cow. I thought he was from California because <laughs> he went to USC. So I thought he was from yeah, Cali. No, nah, he's not from Cali. He's from Washington. You had wow, Luke Rittenauer. Luke Rittenauer yep. from Washington. Uh, what's the one kid's name? Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is from there. Nah, he, well, he's from Portland, but. I say Pacific Northwest. You can say Pacific yeah. Northwest. I'll take him. We'll, we'll take him though. Okay. He went to UW. Well, we'll take Terrence. Dan Dick and Dan Dan, Dan Dick Cow. Dick Dick Cow. Yep. What's the one kid's name that went to? Uh, is Joe Harris? Joe Harris. He's Joe from Harris. Washington. Detlef Shrimp and Detlef, Detlef Shrimp. Shrimp. Yeah, he's from Washington. And um, what's the uh -huh. one kid's name that played at Gonzaga? 
Gispert. Oh, Corey yeah, Corey Kispert. Corey, yep. yeah. Kispert. He's from yeah. Washington. Man. We got some ballers, oh, man. We got some baby. guys, bro. They've been sleeping on Washington, baby. Sleeping. Man, they better, sleeping. they better wake up. It's Spencer like Haas, Martel Webster, Terrence yep. Williams. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I can Lord, go Lord. on and on, bro. It's, it's a long list of guys, bro. But it's just for us, Jamal, you know, guys like Jason Terry, guys like Doug Christie, they gave us a blueprint, bro. When they had open gyms, we were all there as kids. We was all there watching. We was all there learning. We was all, you know what I'm saying? Like, every time Maul, when Jamal came back from college or he came back from the NBA, he came to open our open gyms. He would hoop. He made it possible, made us believe that we can get to where he's at. That's awesome. So that's how, that's, awesome. that's why we're, and then when we play, we had Pro-Am, we had, you know, we hoop and we have private hoop sessions, Jamal, Isaiah, we always hoop against each other. And we, uh, we, you know, we get the younger guys come in and let them play like Paulo. He's been hooping with us since he was a kid. He was a little, he was kind of a big, big kid. You can see, yeah. as you can see, but he played, man, and he held his own. And we knew he was going to be ready. Wow. Hey, Nate, I got to ask you about one of the greatest uh, what-if stories here in the city of Chicago, and, and obviously okay. something you're familiar with. Derrick Rose came into the league with so much fanfare and had the unfortunate knee injuries. That was, of course, one of the reasons why you came to Chicago, because they, right. they wanted somebody to, to fill in when, when he was rehabbing from the ACL. I know you played against him. Uh, you saw him rehabbing in your season in Chicago. Uh, how good could Derrick Rose have been if he didn't have the unfortunate knee injuries? Oh, man, we'll be talking about him being one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. I mean, he showed you guys by winning MVP at the, the youngest MVP ever. That's, I know that's hard to do. Uh, just his work ethic, how, you know, how quiet and calm he was. He was a way, he was different than what most superstars were. He just wanted to hoop. He don't, like, if, if that's one person that didn't want to do media and didn't have to do media, he wouldn't even bother. He, would, he just want to play basketball. He want to show up, come to work, do his thing, work hard, go home with his family. You know what I'm saying? And I respect that to the fullest. And he was rehabbing while you were playing. Uh, what was his uh, attachment with the team? Was it difficult for him trying to get himself right while you guys were battling and, and trying to advance in the playoffs? Man, honestly, when he, when he got cleared to play, but he was still, you know, coming, he's still working out, he, would, he scrimmaged with us. And he was, we thought, he dunking, doing everything. He was like, damn. You know, the rehab and everything he did was was it, it was looking like it was working. It was strong. It was everything. Uh, but I know how it feels to tear your ACL and then have to come back. And you're like, yeah, you're clear, but you're still mentally not ready. You know what I'm saying? And it yeah. took him a while just to get back to where he was, you know, feeling like him again, you know. And it just felt like Chicago kind of gave up on him when they traded him. And I, I know that feeling, too, when you're traded to somewhere where you really want to be. But. You know, they don't believe in you no more. I, and it's a business. You know, NBA is a business. We, we understand that. But, you know, getting the opportunity to, to go to another place and play and, you know, do and, and ball out. Uh, I think he had, what, a 50-point game yeah. or something? One, one game. And, yeah, he had that uh, very touching interview afterwards, man. It, it was very touching. It made everybody want to shed a tear, man. So, and I felt that. I felt that before. I felt that pain. I felt that uh, you know, and to embrace uh, everything that you have to to go in and show people that you know you are who you say you are. And yeah, that's, that's 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 tough. That was a tough situation for him because I'm, you know, people always been writing him off, and he's going to get a chance now with John Morant being out for about thirty games. He's going to get an opportunity in Memphis where he went to college. He's going to get yeah, a that's going to be nice. He's going to get I a chance to lead him. I can't wait for him to show all the critics because he didn't get to play in New York. 
and everybody kept saying he's done and all this. And right. New York wanted to play their younger guy. You know, Tibbs yeah. was kind of forced to play their younger guys. And it wasn't it wasn't the fact that Derek couldn't play, but that's what everybody that's the narrative people took. Right. They're going to see a different Derrick Rose when he gets a chance to play them 30 games with uh, John Morant being out. Yeah, man, I think it's going to be good for him to be there, be a mentor for 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 Ja, uh, you know, because he needs it. He needs somebody yes. like D. Rose have been there, been through and really lived that life that he's portraying that he lived like somebody that's probably really been in the, you know, in and out of the streets when, you know, throughout his life because of, you know, of how he had to live and how he had to grow up. Somebody that really grew up in the projects in the hood, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You know, he can probably mentor him, more, you know, mentor Jod, keep his hair right, you know, make him, you know, show him what it's looking like, what it works hard, how to be a professional, you know, how to bounce back from, uh, you know, a different circumstance, but yet coming from the same place, you know. And yeah. I think Derek will do a good job with touching that kid's heart, man, and really showing him that. And it's about, you know, it's about these fans, man. It's about us playing the game that we love and being there for each other, bro, because people don't understand how hard it is being who we are. We don't really have too many people that's going to listen and not be yes, man, for us because we're always told yes, 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 all the time to our friends and family. Like, you know, we don't need that. You know what I'm saying? We need somebody that can really be a person that can be a, a, a real motivator, a shoulder to you know, somebody that can, you can vent to, that you can talk to. A guy on my team that I had was somebody like that was Malik Rose. He didn't take no shit. He wasn't around. He didn't want to. You, it's time to work. It's time to work. When it's time to play, it's time to play. He helped me understand that because I, when I came in the league, all I was doing was joking, laughing, being a, I was 20 years old, silly. I was a silly kid. And Malik was like, no, I'm going to teach you how to be a man. I'm going to teach you how to be a professional because you don't know how to do it. And I don't blame you because you're coming from college. You're a young kid. You know what I'm saying? You're good. You're you're fresh rookie learning the NBA, being, making it to somewhere where you thought, you know, you wanted to go as a kid. Like, I understand. I'm not going to fault you for that, but I'm going to show you. And it, it, he said, it'll be my fault for not showing you if I'm, when I'm a vet. And I've been there before. I've learned from Tim Duncan and different guys. And he was telling me, uh, and uh, Sean Elliott, he was telling me all about learning from different guys and all the OGs. So I was like, man, I'll get him, I'm going to listen to him. He invited me to his house in Harlem. I used to catch the train down there and eat with him and you know learn from him. And I, I'll take my hat off to Malik Rose, man. And I'll give him the shirt off my back because he showed me what it's like to be a professional. And that's what John needs. So, Nate, uh, everyone loves looking at your highlights of uh, some of your great blocks and dunks. I mean, over Yao Ming and, uh, yeah. um, uh, of course, uh, uh, LeBron James. But uh, I'd love to hear some more about that. And then also, you got to tell us about Shrek and Donkey. What, what's, the, what's the backstory on that? Man, honestly, man, uh, during that time, you know, me and Baby, we were just, you know, two young, two young energy guys ready to get in the game and play. We wanted to show the team, you know, what we can do to help this team win, you know, and playing in the finals. Not too many people get the opportunity to play in the finals, you know, playing against somebody like, like the Lakers and, and Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. It was such an honor and such to be on, you know, to share the same court as him trying to play for a championship. I never forget that. <clears throat> and uh, me and Big Baby, I think it was game four. Uh, me and him, or it was game five, one of the two. I can't remember what game it was. But me and him showed up, got an opportunity to play. And when we were hooping and we was on the bench, me and him was laughing at each other. We were like, bro, I think they're going to put us on a podium, you know, to do the interviews after the game. <laughs> and we were laughing. They were like, nah, they're not going to have us do it. Like, not me and you. He was like, I said, bro, there might, bro. We might be able to go and do the podium, bro. I was like, to me, I thought that was like the coolest thing to talk, you know, in the playoffs. 
and you're in the championship, you get to talk, you make the podium. So after the game, we won, we had a good game, and then they, the media came in the locker room and asked for Nate and Baby. And I looked at him and I said, I told you. I said, let's go. We, we, <laughs> we ran down there. We was laughing, joking. We ran down there and we they were doing the interview. And I'm like, and I, I was, because I watched that movie so much with my kids. I have, you know, I have two, I have, at that time, I had three young kids. And they love Shrek and Donkey. That was like their, you know, their, that was their, their, their guys. And it just came to me. And I said, you know, I said, dang, baby, we like Shrek and Donkey. You know, <laughs> you, know you like Big Shrek. And I'm like the donkey that never shuts up and is talking like Eddie Murphy. And he was like, bro, that's right. We are like that. Then the next game, they had Shrek and Donkey shirts with me and baby's face on them. People were making shirts. They had, they had posters. Like we were signing Shrek and Donkey posters and shirts. It was crazy. <laughs> And I was like, bro, that was pretty cool, man, to be a part of the finals like that, to have an effect on the game, to play at the highest level against the, one of the arguably one of the best players in the world ever. You know, it, it was just a dream come true, man. You can't, you couldn't write that up in a script in a movie. And I just, you know, I just me after that, I just thank God, like, man, thank you for just showing me so much more than what I anticipated throughout my life. I was happy, bro. I was truly honored and happy to play and be a part of the finals at that time. Man, go get your daughter, man. I know you got to go get yeah. your daughter. Yeah, I do. Man. I yeah. do. Yeah. 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 You see mom here. She came up here. They can see you. Yeah, I saw her. She tried to creep in. She tried to creep in slowly. Like she, she tried to I creep in slow. All right. Yeah, I do. I do got to go. All right. We're going to send go you some of Stacey's uh, signature hey, hot sauce. Hey, let me know. whenever. Call me whenever you want me on, bro. For you, I'll do anything, bro. Just understand that, bro. I appreciate the Mr. Excitement. People still call me that when they see me which is cool. So I love that nickname. And whenever you want me on your show, bro, I'm available for you. I appreciate that, Nate. Yes, sir. All right, big dog. All right, guys. Thank Thanks you so again. much. Yep. Nate yes, Robinson, our special guest on Give Me the Hot Sauce. We're going to talk a little NFL when we return on episode 144. Keep it right here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We had a ton of fun talking to Mr. Excitement, Nate Robinson. What a great guest he was. And uh, Tim, I know we're going to send him some of Stacy's signature hot sauce. Tell the folks uh, via Christopher Walken how they can get their own bottles. Yeah, well, Mark, it's my favorite time of year because it's grilling time and it's time <laughs> to get some barbecue sauce going. Normally, I'm standing out there with a little Foo Fighters playing, but this year I'm so excited with Mexican independence coming at the same time. I might put on some Fat Boy Slim and do one of my famous dances well, I'm putting some grills on the, uh, I mean, ribs on the grill. My, my apologies. Or grills on the ribs. Yeah, grills on the ribs, because <laughs> I have done that, too. Oh, my goodness. Hey, this guy that's enough early. from you. Stacy, okay. he was practicing this for a, for a long time. No. He wasn't on last week, so he had to make sure that he, extended version of Christopher Walken. After seven well, days, I still didn't get it right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, I, he's looking like Larry the Lobster. He might want to do that impersonation. Just, just like do his little hands like this. 
<laughs> so, Chris, how can the folks who don't live in the Chicagoland area get themselves a bottle of hot sauce? You can always go to the Jewels. And then but you they can don't live to, in Chicagoland. If well, they don't then you got to go online, Mark. All right. And I've been telling these people for weeks, if yeah. they had done it a couple of weeks ago, they could have some free barbecue sauce for the weekend to dress up their ribs. And you can still do that by putting in walk-in queue on any order to get a free bottle. And that's at gimmethehotsauce.com. That's G-I-M-M-E, if you can't spell is that slacker uh, whispers going to wrap it up for you? Yeah, he'll be packing. I mean, <laughs> he's always packing. Does a terrible job. He's always packing. Always. <laughs> he loves the pack. Loves the packet. That's right. <laughs> and sometimes I go to the king's house and no, cause don't. some damage. No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. You don't go to my house. Don't even try. No. Never no, you're house, talking about whispers. He's not invited, oh, but I'm no always fair. there. <laughs> Listen, I haven't been invited to any barbecues ever. Whispers. I haven't been invited to the boat. You know, Mark, you haven't been invited to anything. No, no, that's true. But yeah. you go, you can go pick up your sauce at GiveMeTheHotSauce.com, as you mentioned, and, and you've got some exciting news that Jewel's going to be carrying all varieties pretty soon, right? That's right. I think in time oh, for what? Christmas. Da, 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 da. <laughs> well, breaking news. We got 1871, the, the queue. It's finally going to happen. It's time to put on oh. Foo Fighters. <laughs> Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> Get over here. Go over there. So we're going to send some sauce out to Crypto Nate. We'll get Whispers working and get that out to him. Hey, uh, you guys want to talk some UFC? You want to, you want to start with that? Oh, we we'll, we'll yeah. wait for Mark Rody here. Oh, the Sugar Show, baby. <laughs> if you ain't on the Sugar Show right now, baby, you're missing out. Sugar Shot, hey, Sugar Shot O'Malley, baby. It ain't no joke. Better get on board. Better get on board, boy. That boy got some hands of stone. Boy, he putting people to sleep. He should come and dress as a joker next fight. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Hey, the, you know, people start teasing about his hairdo, you know, but hey, you know, the pink hair and all that stuff. But that kid can fight, man. That kid, he's got he's to avenge the one loss that he got, which was like really, you know, he got hurt in that fight. Uh, Cheeto Vera, he's got to get that rematch back with him. Uh, he called him out uh, after the last fight. And, uh, you know, Aljamain Sterling is not no chump. I mean, he he beat a very good champion. I mean, this is a guy who just beat, you know, Henry Cejudo, who's like one of the best Olympic wrestlers of all time, dominated the UFC when he was at his reign, uh, just dominated him. And then I don't think anybody gave, uh, you know, Sean O'Malley a chance to to win. And uh, man, oof, well, he proved everybody wrong. Yeah, you go back in those old videos and they talk about this little skinny kid with the heavy hands and they're not kidding. And he's proven it at the highest levels now. We just got too much noise going on at the King household right now. Dogs are barking. We got people moving around. <laughs> Listen, I got to get back to the studio, man. <laughs> you got the dog over here barking. You know, I got my son walking around, opening up packages. It's like, come on, man. I'm on doing a podcast, bro. I got I to gotta put up a sign. Please be quiet. Yeah, put some clothes on, boy. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, ain't, hey, listen, ain't that type of party up in here, okay? Everybody's dressed here, Tim. Okay, we're not packing hot sauce anywhere, bro. <laughs> We mentioned that Nate had to run because he had to pick up one of his kids from school, and he also has a as a son who is going to play football at Colorado for Deion Sanders. He's a freshman there right now, and and Tim, you were saying that he's about Nate's size. Yeah, he's five nine, yeah. built the same way. Looks like a little powerhouse like his dad. Explosive, explosive. Yeah. What do you and, think? Uh, of, what do you think about what Deion's doing at Colorado, Stacy? Basically, he put all the scholarship kids on notice last year when he was hired, saying. Hey, you might want to update your resumes and check out the transfer portal. And I, I know that a lot of the kids left 
Uh, but the ones that are staying, you know, they, they could be part of something special because uh, Dion is a guy that's been successful in everything he's done in his life, and I don't think he's uh, about to start failing now. Well, I mean, the transfer portal has really helped Deion Sanders. I mean, it's helped a lot of the college, you know, college universities get the players that they want. Guys are transferring. You know, the one thing I don't like about the portal is, is that, you know, these kids, if they're not, if they don't get their way and they're not playing their first year or they're not playing the position they want, they just decide to leave. Um, I like it to the fact that if a coach leaves and they recruited you, you should be able to leave. You know, that's what I think the portal should be made for. If you if you recruit me and say you're Nick Saban, you recruit me to Alabama and then you leave after my first year, then I should be able to get into a portal and then go somewhere else because my coach who recruited me left this leaving every year. You know, some there's some people that played on two teams, two or three teams. Yeah. You know, we had a point guard at Oklahoma that played, you know, he left Oklahoma in the portal. And, uh, you know, he ended up at Oregon. Then he ended up at, like, Texas Tech somewhere. And now he's somewhere else, like a third team. It's like, okay, the portal's got to close. Like, you know, I mean, because what it's doing is it's killing, it's really killing the high school basketball. You know, the superstar high school players are going to have no problem getting to schools. But it's those kids that kind of get overlooked because now the portal system is like the old junior college used to be back in the 80s when you recruit Larry Johnsons and the Harvey Grants. And guys like that who were in the, who were junior college all Americans, you're bringing those kids into your program now as juniors, and they're ready to play right out the box. So now the portal is doing the exact same thing: is you're getting these transfer students that are coming over that have at least two years experience, and now you don't need the freshman. Now you don't need to go out and go get a freshman. You've got the same kind of player that's got two years experience on a Division One roster. Now he feels a need for you experience a guy that can go out there and do some things for you. I think it really hurts the high school game, if you ask me. This is the first full weekend of college football. I had a couple of games last week uh, that were interesting. I mean, Notre Dame routed Navy and USC won their opener. Uh, Caleb Williams throwing four touchdown passes. This week yeah. we got L- LSU against Florida State, five against eight. That's probably the best game on the schedule. What are you looking forward to watching this weekend college football-wise, Stace? You know what? I'm just, I'm just glad football's on. You know, yeah. I mean, I wish yeah. the pro game, I wish the pro game was going on, but they're doing that, you know, that preseason. Um, and you're not really seeing all the stars play a lot, but in college, you know, every game's important now because, you know, they're going to come out of these first games. There's going to be some hard hitting. There's going to be some, you know, game scheming because it's very important, especially Mark, that you're playing these ranked teams. You know, you, like you said, Florida state versus LSU, you lose that game. You know, you're not necessarily out of it, but you put yourself behind the eight ball right out the box. So that game's going to be so important. Every game you see a big team play. I mean, you know, USC, even though they they handled the, the team they were playing, was it San Jose State? San Jose State, yeah. Yeah, even though they handled them, you know, there that game was close for a while. Like, I was, like, looking around, like, man, they're only up seven. Like, are they going to lose this game? And then they, they ended up, you know, the athletes for USC ended up taking over. But uh, Kayla Williams looked nice, man. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about Arizona's tanking now to get him. Yeah. You know, they're not really happy with Kyler Murray. And so they're talking about that Arizona is now tanking. I mean, they're, they cut Colt McCoy, who, you know, as you know, uh, Kyler Murray's going to be out. He's on that, on the pup list. So he's not going to be back till week five. And they cut the one veteran quarterback that they had that started games in this league. They cut him. So it looks like they're kind of doing that NFL tanking thing. Yeah, they're either going to start Joshua Dobbs, who played at Tennessee and has bounced around a little bit in the NFL, or 
guy named Tommy Tune. They might as well start Looney Tunes if they want to. Tommy Two Tunes. <laughs> what do you think about Tommy Looney Tunes? Doing, uh, he might be National Looney Tunes. That's right. <laughs> Did you, but you know what though? You guys but see you that? know what though? They 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 may find a, a Purdy. You know they may find a Purdy out there. You never know. I mean, you look at Purdy. I mean, Purdy was like last on the depth chart. You know, then he's now he's the starter. They end up trading Trey Lance to Dallas, who was their number one pick. What was he the fifth pick in the NFL draft? And they end up trading him because a guy that basically they, they picked up in uh, at the end of the draft ended up being better than all the quarterbacks they had on the roster. Now okay. Dallas has him. And so what does that do with Zach Prescott? It puts him on notice. Like, hey, look, man, yeah, we've been 12 and four the last two seasons, but we can't get to the Super Bowl. You throw too many interceptions. Yeah. Well, so now, and there's no one behind him. There's really no one behind him. The Cooper Rush yeah. played really well. But Zach wasn't, you know, Zach wasn't uh, uh, intimidated by that. Now you bring in a lottery pick, dude, six foot four, six five, got a cannon of arm, uh, athletic type of guy. And Jerry Jones went out and got him. Jerry Jones didn't even tell anybody he was going to trade for him. He didn't even go to Dak and say, hey, Dak, you know, let me tell you something, man. We're getting ready to trade for this Trey Lance. What do you think? He, he didn't tell anybody. They read about it, like on the news, the sports radio. And, you know, you can imagine what Dak Prescott was feeling at the time. Like, whoa. Okay. Okay. So he's got to show up this year. Speaking of quarterbacks, how about the Bears? They cut PJ Walker to keep the mm -hmm. uh, unknown from a little Shepherd College, Tyson Bajent. Secret Bajent man is going to be the backup <laughs> quarterback. It's pretty cool. Well, yes. from what from what yeah. I hear about him, um, the scouts loved him. You know, they're the Bears like internal people who went out and scouted him. You know, was he division two, three? Yeah, they went down two. and scouted. Yeah, they went down and scouted him. And then they saw him at the senior bowl. And he just like wowed them with his ability. And um, they came back raving about him. And, you know, he could be one of those guys. I mean, like, hey, Purdy, yeah, San Francisco, you never know. You know, Justin Fields gets hurt because the offensive line breaks down and, you know, he's running for his life and he gets hurt. You know, you got a you know you got a veteran in Peterman there, but how long would that how long would that last before they say, hey, listen, let's see if we got a Purdy after, you know Purdy guy on our team. What a perfect time to bring in our Bears expert, Mark Grody of the Score, who's been working hard. Hey, this guy works hard every day, twenty four seven, giving you the best Bears news on the Score. And it's been an interesting uh, cut period. There weren't a lot of big names that were let go. Uh, Travis Gibson, probably the biggest, along with P.J. Walker. We're just talking about the quarterback situation with the, uh, the secret agent man, Tyson Bajent, uh, being the backup. What, what's your take on that whole situation? Yeah, I mean, I can't believe we got to this point, honestly. I've sort of been, in my own little way, fighting against the possibility that a fourth-string quarterback, or at least that's what he initially was, could make his way up the rankings just because, unfortunately, I know you guys have, and anybody listening here or has followed the Bears through the years, we've been here before where it's been nondescript quarterback that everybody has called for. But guess what? Tyson Bajent has forced me. He has forced a lot of people to look at him differently. And I'll be damned if this guy did not earn a spot on the roster. And I think it's legitimate. Now, they did bring back Nathan Peterman to the roster as well. Um, and I did ask, so who's, who's the, what's the depth chart behind Justin Fields? And right now they're not telling us, uh, between PJ Walker, excuse me, PJ Walker, between, uh, between Bajent and Peterman at this point. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I read, Mark, was that they did some extensive, uh, research on Bajent. They went, you know, they watched him at, at his school. They watched him at the senior bowl. 
And if they came back, the the uh, the head guy was their head scout guy, Jeff King, uh, came back and really spoke highly of this kid, like like just he was wowed by his ability. And um, it looks like he was right. Absolutely, it's a great point, and you know, not just him, but also Luke Getzey, the Bears' offensive coordinator. To your point, at the Senior Bowl, he was the head coach yes. of, uh, at the Senior Bowl, so he got to see him up front and close. You know, when we asked uh, Getzey about that, he was pretty modest about it, saying, "You yeah, know, I wasn't pushing it." You know, he gave credit to other scouts and to King and those guys to make sure that they knew that that's where the credit belonged. But they've been watching him, and you know, some of the things about him is that. He is super smart. He's been able to process a lot, whereas a lot of young rookie quarterbacks, especially those that come from a Division II school, Shepard, like like he did in West Virginia, it takes a long time to catch up with the speed in practice and then in actual games. And he has passed all those tests so far, whether physically or mentally. And he seems to have the emotional part of the game down. He's good with the media, which you absolutely have to be if you're going to be a quarterback in Chicago. So, you know, he, he just keeps checking boxes, guys. Hey, tell us about the kick returner that the Bears picked up on waivers because I'll tell you what, Valus Jones Jr. scares the heck out of me every time the ball's in the air. They might as well put whispers back there on punt returns the way he catches the ball. <laughs> tell wow. us about Trent Taylor. Yeah, you know what, Mark, you put it perfectly because he, yeah, like I, I, every time I've had an open mic over, you know, since training camp has started, I, my thought has been stop forcing Valus Jones to be your punt returner. Valus Jones may have value on the Bears but it is not as a punt returner. You know, he he muffs a punt in a preseason game. Um, you know, he muffed one during training camp. It's like, all right, please, please <laughs> just end this. So finally, and it, it looked like maybe they would go in-house. You know, DJ Moore got some shots at punt returning, but we all know that we don't want him to be doing that job because he's so valuable as a receiver. Tyler Scott did it in the, in the game last week, and now they have signed – Trent Taylor, who was something of a surprise cut from Cincinnati just because he was one of, you know, he's a top 15 punt returner, averaging about 12 or 13 yards per punt return. Um, so he is very adept at it. Um, you know, he said that one of the th reasons that he thinks he's good at being a punt returner and having, you know, being able to judge that football and catch that football is because he played a lot of center field when he played baseball in, in high school and throughout a lot of his life. So what you have. And Trent Taylor is a real adult punt returner who not only is going to just catch the football, but he is also one of the better punt returners in the league. You know, they had Dante Pettis doing it last year. He was fine at it, but it was more just because he was sure-handed. Now you have a guy that is sure-handed and can produce yards and give you field position, which is obviously the name of the game. Now, are we going to get get a little bit more of the first team offense and first team defense in the in the next preseason game, and where we can get a little bit more of an idea? Because it doesn't seem Stacey, like Stacy, they're done. They're done with preseason. Oh, oh wow, <laughs> it's all oh, over, really? baby. It's all two, over. Two games? Yeah, no. <laughs> Thanks, it's, Mark. It's time for the hot okay. sauce, baby. So, it's so, time for so, the so, real so stuff. Mark, I mean, what, what did you take away? Because I didn't, I wasn't really impressed like too much about the preseason. Like you didn't see enough of like anybody. So no. how? So so how are they going to like? I mean, how do you know you you cover them? What do you think is from those two games that you thought like, okay, this looks good. This doesn't look good. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. I mean, in the, in the, the final preseason game that they played Justin Fields and the first string offense to your point got in and they were three and out the first two drives 
setting up a third and 10 and third and 11. And in both those cases, they were not able to convert. You know, there were enough nice moments throughout training camp. And in those two games with DJ Moore and Khalil Herbert having the two explosive plays in that first game. But yeah, it's it's always a crapshoot the way, you know, for, for most teams, you know, and you know, I know we're talking specifically about the Bears, but teams just don't, the Bears just don't play their starters a lot. So it's for a lot of guys on this team, the offensive line, the defensive players, all these guys who have been hurt. All of a sudden, it's lights, camera, action, and it's full speed. The good news about it is that we found out yesterday, and this this surprised me, that all the guys, because the Bears were averaging like 15 to 20 guys a day on that injury report, and now all of a sudden it has dwindled down to one guy, and that's Jaquan Brisker, who was on the injury report. So they're healthy, but in terms of what we're going to see, it's kind of a mystery. Hey, hey Mark, uh, looking at our feel-good Super Bowl for the first week here, um, ESPN ranked Jordan Love above Justin Fields what? out of the preseason. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, as as a person who uh, grew up a massive Bears fan and now has been covering the Bears closely for the last five to six years, we have been traumatized and abused by Packers quarterbacks obviously starting with Brett Favre and then on to Aaron Rodgers. So it would just be so perfect that Jordan Love would have next. I don't know where they're getting that, quite frankly, because in the times that I've seen Jordan Love get into games, he's not been particularly impressive. If they're going out what they've seen in the preseason, then I guess that's fine. I guess they're taking that more seriously than maybe we're taking what happens in the preseason. And I know that we do take a lot of, of it seriously. I will say this, while I do think it's kind of crazy to to anoint Jordan Love as better than Justin Fields or ranked higher, as you said, at ESPN, Justin Fields still got a ton to prove, man. And and we know what he can do with his legs. Now it's a matter of, are we going to see him go to that next level passing the football? Well, if it's true, I'm putting an ice pick in my temple. <laughs> oh, hey, oh. Stacy might help you with that. <laughs> he might. Yeah, you, you ain't got to worry about that, baby. You don't, you don't even got to watch the game and, and get that result. I'll do it for you. <laughs> wow, I, I don't know the inner workings of this show. <laughs> hey, you learn. Thirty <laughs> years of abuse between these guys. It's probably uh, thirty-two it. years by now, right? Oh, uh, at least. <laughs> Feels hey, like sixty. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have you back next week. Uh, we'll break down the Bears-Packers matchup. In case folks don't know, or I have a schedule in front of them, it's a 325 kickoff at Soldier Field on September 10th. So we're all Ah. looking forward to that. We'll break it down next week on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Mark Grody, thank you so much for bringing us up to date on what's going on with the Chicago Bears. My pleasure, guys. See you next week. Hey, time now for our one of our favorite segments on the show. It's What Are We Watching? Brought to you by our friends at Bigger's Mazda. Their sizzling new Elgin location at Randall Road is the biggest Mazda store in the state of Illinois. Bigger's now offering a bottle of Stacy's Signature Hot Sauce with first test drives of new or pre-owned vehicles. It's your choice. Everything from the coolest SUVs to the stunning Miata. Join the fun at 2100 Randall Road in Elgin at Bigger's Mazda. I'm going to start us off. Uh, Billions is back. Oh, man. Bobby Axelrod is back. So good yes. to see him, isn't it? And it's good again. It oh. was kind of slow those two years where you had Mike as the big villain, but now it's uh, it's it's been fun. I, he hasn't been featured a lot, but obviously in the in the big episodes at the finish, you know, it's going to be him against Chuck at the end. Yeah, and you can't yeah. beat Chuck Rhodes, and it seems like Mike Prince is even inspired. <laughs> yeah, 
So he's trying to hang on. Yeah, running for president. He's just an evil guy. It's yeah, and he, he already f- <laughs> fell into Chuck's trap. You know, you knew that he was going to stumble into it. Yeah, Chuck's and, got yeah. his job back as the uh, the Southern New York District AG. So how, how he moved those? Is he still? Is the, hey, hey, I haven't watched it in a while. Is he oh, still all right, we don't we don't spoil it for you. No, no, right. no, no. But is he still a freak? Though is he still getting beat up with? <laughs> they haven't shown that yet, Stacey. But no. maybe they'll bring that back. Maybe they'll bring that back. No stilettos and leather yet, but it's coming. The very first episode I saw Chuck, he had like a, he had like, you know, he was tied up. Yeah. <laughs> had yeah. a ball gag. <laughs> a ball in his mouth. And then, I was like, what kind of show is this? I'm like, and you know, he's an accomplished actor. Right. Uh, he, Paul, uh, what's his Paul last name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's an, he's an accomplished and I'm like seeing that. I'm like, whoa, oh, this is, this is like whispers kind of show here. It's kind of freaky. I couldn't turn it off. <laughs> I wonder if they had to talk him into that role, you know, doing that scene. No, like, I think man. he looked very comfortable. <laughs> yeah, he did. He looked like he had a ball in his mouth before. That was that. Yeah, that was a scary thing. He looked like he'd been there before. Either he's been like, there before or he's that good of an actor. One or the other. I hope it's yeah. the latter. <laughs> he's hog-tied, baby. Hog-tied. Flink twice. Hey, Whispers, what do you got for the folks? On uh, which part? What are we watching? Oh, it was geez. Billions. We were the same. Oh, okay. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been hooked. Yeah, it's uh, right away. I ran right through all the, the the first three that they put out. Yeah, I watched. By the way, I watched the Flash movie yesterday on HBO. That's terrible. You didn't like it? It wasn't that great. No. Well, it's maybe terrible. I was, was expecting so to, to be about so nothing, bad. You know? I expected it to be so bad that I think I was pleasantly Michael surprised. Michael Keaton was okay. As, yeah, as he was great when he showed thing. up with yeah. the, as an old guy, and then. But the Flash, it just you know the whole the whole timeline thing got a little tired. That did it. They, they dragged it out. They could have cut out 30, 40 minutes easily. Yeah. Stacy, what do you got for the folks? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching? Nothing but sports, um, or you got something? No, different? no, no. Watching I've millions? Been, <laughs> no, I've been, I've been watching. Uh, I've been just been watching some reruns of some stuff, man. Like you know, like I said, I'm back into the Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. I finished watching that. Uh, I'm trying to get into the Tim, uh, the painkiller thing. Was it the painkiller? Oh, that, that was, was great. Called? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I just started. I just started. I just started watching that. Um, I, I told you I watched the movie uh, with Jennifer uh, Lawrence in it. Um, she was trying. Uh, I forgot the name of that movie. I just had it too, but she was. It she was, was that like, good, right? It was terrible. <laughs> the, the only the only good thing about it, honestly, only good thing about it was because she directed it, and so the only good thing about it was, you know, she was nude in it. <laughs> well, at least we got she, to the truth. <laughs> she, full she frontal. Full, huh? She had a full frontal, and, and I'm telling you, America, America. I did not change the channel. I was about ready to change the channel on that scene. And I was like, man, this, this, this is garbage. So I'm getting ready to change it. I see her streaking across the beach. I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord, keep the channel <laughs> going. Is enthusiastic thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, then it went back to being a dead movie. Mm. Hey, before so, we get out of here, uh, tell good folks about Windy City Limousine. How they can get the Oh, hold up. Let me get my game. read. Oh, you oh, got the read? Oh, yeah, I got Stacey's it. No, got, got it. it. All right. Oh, it's almost like he's prepared. Hold on. Hold on. Don't, don't don't sleep on me, baby. Hold on. I got it. <laughs> Y'all ready? Yeah, we're ready. Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full core pressure of traffic and get you to your destination on style and on time. Contact us at 847-916-9300 or visit WindyCityLimos.com. And tell them Whisper sent you. You might not get a discount. Matter of fact, they might tell you that they don't have any cars to uh, to service you. But hey, to try, just try it. 
One last order of business before we say goodbye. Uh, my congratulations to my son, Eric, and his lovely bride, Mary. We had a beautiful oh, festivity in uh, Milwaukee last weekend. And if you're watching on YouTube, our guy Cisco is going to show you a couple of pictures. The first one he's showing is the picture of our family. My lovely wife, Susan, is on the far left or right, depending on which way. Well, actually, we should make sure we get the right direction. On my right... <laughs> And my daughter, Brooke, on my left, and then the happy couple in the middle. And then there's a tight shot of the bride and groom. It was a wonderful time we had in a loft on Broadway in Milwaukee. Had a, had a wonderful time. Stacey, it was so much fun. Even the old man got on the dance floor. So you, you know oh, it, was a good, it was a party. And you didn't pull a hammy. No, That's I good. didn't get That's hurt. Always good. That's a good sign, baby. You, you look good, good Mark. You dress up nice. Yeah. yeah. It was a great yeah. time. Did, you have the, did uh, your daughter make the green bean casserole? <laughs> yeah, she put it in her purse. Hey, Brooke, she stole it. Brooke, Brooke is watching the show because she's a loyal, she's yeah, a loyal she is, watcher, she is. listener, and she's not appreciating these comments that whisper to talking about her green bean casserole. Okay, so when she when she makes some, um, make sure you make a special batch for him, Brooke. And yeah. he has to go to the bathroom every five seconds. Put a laxative in there, mix it in there with all that other stuff you put in. He'll never know. And I, and I taught her the uh, the throat punch, so you're in trouble. Yeah, oh, I'm sure yeah. I am. Yeah. You got all kinds of people coming after you. It's a long list. <laughs> yeah, get in line. Everybody's after whispers. Well, Stacy, we hope we uh, see you in studio next week. We're, yes. we're still trying to get some uh, planning done. We will let you know exactly when that's coming at you. We'll give you a couple days warning, so follow us on social media. Well, we have media. to change the date because uh, Stacy's doing a burger tasting with Kerry Woods at the... Cubs game next week for well, that'll uh, be fun for Sutter Home. I'll be at the Cubs game next nice. week, America. The red hot Cubs and the red hot sauce. Oh, we'll have a hot sauce out there yeah. too. Oh, it's gonna Stay be nice. perfect Harry. combination. And if you want, if you if you bought a bottle of hot sauce, baby, you want to sign, catch me on the streets, baby. I'll be walking around, baby, out there. And remember, starting oh, on man uh, of the people, man of the people. Starting on September 11th, our show taping is going to move to Mondays so we can catch you at the beginning of the week and you can download it and enjoy it on your way to work or way home or during your lunch hour. And we'll just preview all the events that are coming up in the week ahead. So, Stacy, look forward to seeing you in studio real soon. And you got any advice for the folks on the way out? Drive home safely, Chicago. Beep, beep. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.